1: I'm Kim Grinolds of dogman.com along with Chris Fetters. We are actually in the team room inside Husky Stadium where we had a chance to talk to some players and coaches after practice today. Uh, Leading up to the Las Vegas Bowl, the team will actually leave on Tuesday, practice on Wednesday, signing day on Wednesday, and then we'll have a press conference sometime on Wednesday afternoon. We'll get into that a little bit more, as well as, uh, just right before players and coaches showed up, Jimmy Woof. Jimmy Lake had his, Jimmy Woof, you like that? Jimmy Jimmy Lake had his first Woof. Maybe, Maybe that's a new nickname for Jimmy, Jimmy Woof. What do you think?
2: I think people are calling him Jimmy motlake
1: <laughs> Jimmy motlake
2: um yeah, it was interesting because you know since he talked you know to the media when he first took the job over or going to be taking the job over as head coach, he talked about being more aggressive, you know offensively everything else, talking about bringing the passion and bringing everything else that first wolf came with a graphic it was like it was like but it was you know it was like what we kind of expect from. From Coach Pete, it was a woof, but it was like a woof, not so much on steroids, but it was like a woof that was enhanced. Yeah. And so, I think that is maybe a little bit of a window into kind of what we can expect from from Jimmy Lake moving forward. In the sense that he's gonna he's gonna probably add just a little bit extra bump, a little bit extra juice Le- to, to the to the social networking, to some, the media, to that kind of thing.
1: Some Jimmy sauce.
2: Sure, if you want to call it Jimmy Sauce.
1: <laughs> we'll call it Jimmy Sauce because I think there's going to be a little bit. Jimmy Sauce is going to be a little bit. What uh, Coach Pete, you know, you order the Thai food with a one. Jimmy may be a three or a four.
2: Well, like I told people before, you know, and I think this is this year is going to be the last year, obviously, because they've done 95% of the job already. You know, they're, they're going to have, what, 21, 22 guys are going to sign yeah. on Wednesday. You know, it's going to be a situation where obviously that's the, the last class that has kind of Coach Pete's imprint on it in terms of the built for life, OKG, all that. And, 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 and they're going to have all that stuff still with Lake. But I think we can expect maybe a little bit more drama, maybe going after not so much guys that are higher profile, but maybe guys that would have been considered maybe a little bit more of a bigger reach than before maybe going outside the, the geographic footprint a little bit more. So I, I just have a feeling there's going to be some subtle tweaks that become not so subtle uh, in the near future in terms of how they're going to approach recruiting, especially for 2021, and especially considering how they've already gotten Sam Heward in the boat, the quarterback. But you've got JT Tuamalau out there. You've got Emeka Igbuka out there. You've got a, a number of guys. You've got you know Franklin from... Uh, the same high school that Daniel Haymouli and, and Noah Ngali were from. You've, you've got a lot of four- and five-star guys right. that are out there that have connections already with the program. It'll be interesting to see how well Jimmy Lake and the new staff close on all those guys.
1: We see comments from people, um, and I... I don't know what they're thinking, you know, they're thinking, well, Jimmy's going to get away from the OKG, you know, and he's going to go after some riskier guys. And I just don't see that at all. Jimmy talked pretty well about, you know, just, he understands the secret sauce. He understands how this program works. Um, I still think that people, even though we tell them 100 times what an OKG really means, first of all, you got to be a really good football player. You've got to be a guy who wants to go to class. You have to be an outstanding teammate. But the first thing of an OKG is an outstanding football player and being a good teammate. They're not going to go after problem kids. They're not going to go after kids who can't handle it academically. I don't think that the... Um, Characteristics of who they're going to recruit is going to change, if any at all. I think that just how they go about things may be a little bit different, and like I said, add a little bit of that Jimmy sauce and turn it a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think they're going to be more aggressive. I think that's, I think that's for sure going to happen because every coach and how they recruit is kind of a reflection of their personality and Mm -hmm. how they go. And he is just a more aggressive, more competitive guy. It's not saying that Chris Peterson was any less competitive. it's just that his competitive streak was kind of manifested itself in different ways. Jimmy Lake is just flat out more aggressive. He just he gets after it and he's, he's I don't think he's necessarily going to do it with more passion or anything like that because that would imply that Chris Peterson wasn't as passionate about it. but I think maybe it, it's a, it's true that he may have lost a little bit of the drive that he had made to have in, in, in previous recruiting classes. Um, but the whole OKG thing and built for life. Built for life's never going to leave. No, it's not. W- w- as long as Jimmy Lake stays at at uh, Montlake, that won't change. But maybe the the way they call it, I don't know if he'll use OKG anymore because I think they saw how it maybe was negatively impacting them in terms of other schools turning it against them a little bit. So they may not they may not use that specific language or those acronyms or those things. But you're right. The the blueprint for the kind of player that succeeds at Washington, underbuilt for life, is the guys that Chris Peterson and Jimmy Lake and and Pete Kwakowski and Bush Hamden and, and Scott Huff and you know Bob Gregory and Akaika Malloy and Jordan Powpow and uh, Junior Adams and Scott Huff and all all of them. Keith Boniface, They they. It's it's no different it, than, than it, they've it always gotten. It works. Well, it works for them. It, I, I'm not saying it's any better or worse than anybody else.
1: Cause but Chris, this- you know as well as I do, we've been doing this a long time. This, the way Chris Peterson is doing this with the kind of kids he brings in, I think every coach in the country wants to do that.
2: They just can't. Well, they would like to do it because they would like to be able to do it in a drama-free environment and kind of in a vacuum where they could where they could really just focus on selling the positives of their program instead of having to have that mix of oh by the way we're going to tell you why we're good but we're also going to have to tell you why those guys aren't the right fit for you and and I just think that that was uh, an angle that Chris Peterson just never wanted to go after and I don't I don't know if Jimmy Lake's going to go after that too much because I think he believes in this program too much and and the and what the whole experience is whether you talk yeah. about upper campus, you talk about all the other things, the internships, all the stuff that they've been able to uh, market. I mean, it's it sells itself. I just don't think he's necessarily going to be as negative, but I think he's going to be very aggressive. Well,
1: I kind of equate it to back in the day when uh, Grady Sizemore committed to UW, right? And I was talking to Rick Neuheisel about it, and he said the thing that's hard about losing a guy like a Grady Sizemore is, first of all, He's an outstanding football player. But second of all, he's just an outstanding young man. You're not going to have to worry about uh, getting a call at 2 o'clock in the morning that Grady Sizemore is in trouble. Now, I think he's also a really high academic kid. I think every coach in the country, if they could take 25 commits every year from great football players that are great kids with high academic interests, I think every coach in the country would sign up for that in a heartbeat.
2: Well, Matt to Yossosopo, same yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Elijah Molden. Yeah. Elijah Molden, those kind of kids. And there's nothing wrong with going after those kids. And people think that you need somebody that has that. And I, I want to phrase this carefully. They think that you have to have somebody with, you know, it's got that little bit of a criminal element, the bad boy
2: stuff. And, you know, those guys are just, I mean, do you really want those guys? Well, we've talked about it over the years and it's, and it is the classic Dick Barrett quote. We have the high, We have the character guys. Now we need some characters. And so you take that however you want. Yeah. But it, it still is all done in the service of building the right team. Mm-hmm. So maybe there are going to be some guys out there that are going to have a little bit more of an edge or come with a little bit more of an edge. And there's nothing wrong with that. You've got to well, have those guys as well. But I think what it does is it doesn't do service to those guys that are high character, high academics, all that stuff, it implies that they don't have an edge. And I I really wonder how fair that is.
1: I had a business coach a long time ago tell me 10% of the people out there will suck. 90% of your time, energy, and resources don't work with them. And I think it has to do with You know, with this football team, too, do you want to recruit that 10% that's going to suck you dry of the time, energy, and resources? Because if you've got problem guys that aren't going to class, that are getting in trouble, you know, that are getting in the uh, police blotter, how much time does that take away from what you really want to accomplish? And do you really want to recruit those guys because they have a little bit of an edge? No thanks.
2: Well, and I think it's also interesting, too, because if you look at the latest commitment today, Jacoby Covington, So he's a a defensive back out of Saguaro High School in Arizona. That's where Byron Murphy played. So they have a connection there with the the coach, Jason Mons, and all those guys. It's a situation where they had gotten him to commit back in, I can't remember, August or September, I can't remember, initially. And then he decommits. I think this is the microcosm of the situation that Jimmy Lake is going to be faced with more and more as we get into more recruiting cycles. Of the fact is, here is a situation where a kid commits. He's fully invested. He understands built for life. He understands all the things that come with being a Washington Husky, and is bought in. He's sold, and then someone gets in his ear, and it, and and once that happens, and then they decide to decommit. It's it's the classic thing we've always talked in the past. Remember Chuck Heater? He would always say, "Well, when guys go off on another official visit, you've got to you quote you've got to quote unquote hose them down." You've got to to remind them of the reasons that they had picked your school in the first place, and I think that it's that kind of maintenance that Jimmy Lake and those guys are going to have to do more and more because I think the better they do in recruiting and the bigger time guys that they get, the more they're going to come up against those other programs that are going to get in the ears of those kids and make it really really tough
1: Well, it sounds like you know the deal with covington was uh, he was getting some sec schools and some schools back south you know some power top you know like clemson in his ear and got infatuated with that and they started talking about him taking a visit you know to some of these other schools but you know how coach pete is uh no you don't get to be committed and take visits if you take visits you have to decommit well, and i think that's where it was but it, it sounds like he never wound up taking it's visits a good, elsewhere.
2: Kim, it's a good reminder to tell people that when a kid makes a commitment to a school, a verbal commitment, and it, and it's not a reflection of the character, personality, or anything else. It's more a reflection of the recruiting process. When a kid commits, that's when the recruitment really starts. Because now other schools know exactly what the shot is. They know exactly what that kid's thinking. And so now they can formulate their plan of attack, and then they can go after them. So what it is is think of it as a clock at high noon is when they've committed. You've got to make sure when you're a part of that committed yeah. school, you've got to go through the rest of that clock. Because we've seen more often than not when a kid commits and then decommits, there's a really good chance he ends up back at the, at the recommitted school unless there's something really well, really weird that has that has well, come one, out.
1: One thing this staff has really been good at since Pete's been here and I've been in sales for a long time, you know, and in sales you're taught to just get a yes, but this staff, you know, instead of just getting a yes, you want to come to Washington, instead of just saying yes, okay, he's committed and putting out a woof, are you sure because this is what it means. They're really good at nailing it down and they're not going to take a commitment from you if you're wishy-washy. If you're going to commit to Washington, you're coming here. You're shutting down recruiting. You're not taking other visits. You're not doing all this other nonsense and go- still going through the process. You're shutting it down. And this staff has been really good at getting kids. If they're going to commit, they have to shut it down. Jacoby Covington wanted to open the door back up a little bit. And it sounds like they said, well, if you're going to open that door back up, it's like the old saying goes, you're shopping, we're shopping too.
2: Right. Oh, yeah. no, for sure. No, That's and that's been a Chris Peterson staple for a long time. I have a feeling that's going to be a Jimmy Lake staple too, but maybe not as hard and fast of a, of a rule, depending on who you're, who you're talking about. Yeah, There might be some guys that might be able to, to slip through that rule and go, yeah, I, I'm not really worried, Coach, because I'm just that kind of guy.
1: It's, it's going to be interesting because Jimmy's such a hands-on guy and he's such an aggressive guy and he's been on the road recruiting for so long. Now he can't go out on the road. Is yeah. he going to be like a caged lion when it comes to recruiting because he can't go out?
2: Well, he's still going to be running the show. You know that. Um, one of the things that's interesting about the news today is that Jacoby Covington was saying that he wasn't going to announce until signing day, uh, you know, which is next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. I think what's interesting is you can certainly read a lot into it because we had heard whispers that he had silently recommitted a while ago. And so we were, we were ready and prepared and we thought that there was going to be a story that was going to come back up and we were going to have to put something out really quick and, and what have you. But, you know, our policy has always been until the kid says it until, you know, especially with social networking and Twitter, those guys, once they put it out, the world understands that's how it is. And that's how you, that's how you approach it. But here's the thing. The thing about it is. I get the sense that because Jimmy Lake was still running point on this recruitment anyways, because he's a DB, that Jimmy might have just told him, look, don't say, you don't need to say anything to anybody until yeah, the I, weekend before, and then you can tell the world because then, yeah, you're, we're still going to have to maintain you for the next right, 48 but, hours, but you're in. And see, I, I think what's
1: really going on here, because I think the timing on this is a little bit calculated.
2: No, it's fair. I just, I just said it was I, no, I, I very, very much calculated.
1: Yeah. But I think it's for a different reason. Um, you know, it's, we always say, you know, this is what happened, but what does it mean? Right. That's the big thing. You know, when news happens and news breaks, what does it mean? I think what this means, in my opinion, they got some recruits on campus, they're running out of rides. You don't think that's being relayed to some of the guys. There may not be room. We just got another commit. Now we have even one less spot. I think it's turning up
2: the screws on a couple of guys. I think that's a side benefit. I think that's for sure. But I think, I think him publicly doing it now instead of Wednesday also takes a lot of the, the sting out of it. Whereas now, not only is this – this is Jimmy's first public declaration. So, again, he did it with, as you are going to say, he did it with his sauce – he did it with a little flair, and he did it during a recruiting weekend so they can parlay that. So there's certainly some benefit to that. There's no doubt. But I think this was one of those things where it was calculated so that they could put this out with very little time left in the in the clock. So now all they have to do is just kind of keep in contact yeah, because from starting Monday, Kim, just to let people know – they're going to have – have that 48 hours up to signing day, there's unlimited phone calls. So I guarantee you, you talk about those SEC schools, if now all of a sudden they've got guys that are yeah. decommitting or flipping to other schools, you know Jacoby Covington's on their speed dial.
1: Or the other thing that it could be. Mom, just saying, damn it, Jacoby, would you just announce it so we don't have to have the phone ringing
2: all damn night? Yeah,
1: It's Christmas. We got a party. We got family coming over tonight. Yeah. Can we just be done with
2: this? Yeah, what she doesn't understand is that's not going to stop her <laughs> because so. 48 hours before signing day and the coaches had unlimited phone, it, let's put it this way, it'd be like you <coughs> – And having the unlimited plan and literally being in a desert, but having five bars and nothing else to do. Well,
1: remember the story, because you were with us, and the Conwell kid from Kentwood. um, Ernie Conwell? No, not Ernie. Will Conwell? uh, Will Conwell. And it was like two nights before signing day, and I called Will to get an update, and his dad answers the phone. Did you hear me talk about this on radio? No. Okay. So, um, you know, I called, and Will's dad answered the phone, and... uh, You know, just hey, just want to talk to Will, just get an update when he's going to make a decision. He goes, Yeah, he's in his bedroom thinking about it. Could you do me a favor, Kim? I said, Sure. And he goes, If he tells you, will you let me know? Because he's not telling his dad a damn thing. He starts screaming at me. It was pretty funny. And I've never seen a kid so tormented on making a decision as Will Conwell. So, really, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. He was just torn, but he finally wound up at UW.
2: You might want to ask Asa Turner about that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: But uh, anyways, just uh, also had a chance to talk to players and coaches today. So uh, a little bit interesting. We had a chance to talk to Levi Onwuzrique. You talked to him about going pro. Uh, caught, we actually caught Elijah Molden off off guard a little bit, asking him in that. I uh, had a chance to talk to Jacob Eason, but... Uh, Junior Adams was the coach, and Scott Huff as well. Anything, uh, anything noteworthy that you talked to these guys about, Chris?
2: No, I, I talked to Levi Onsorige. Talked to Junior Adams. Um, you know, Levi. It was interesting because some of the some of the reporters in the gaggle were kind of asking their own questions as they were as they were kind of already assuming that he's turned pro. So when they left, I almost I almost just kind of had to ask him, Have you made your decision? Have you made it public? And he's like, well, I've, I've made my decision. I kind of know what I'm going to do. I'm just not telling anybody yet. And, um, so, I mean, you can read the, read between the lines on it. I think we've been pretty consistent in at least my opinion is that he's, he's ready to go. I don't think he has anything else that he needs to prove, you know, first team all pac 12, you know, has, has been a starter now for a couple of years, full seasons, um, has really, I think he's gained a lot by coming to Washington from Texas, um, I think he's on track to earn his degree because he is in his fourth year academically. Right, kid. So yeah, so there's so he's on track to do all those things and I just get the sense that he feels like this next year would just be extra for him. It just it just it would be fun. It would be, you know, something where he would just be able to kinda add on to it whatever he's done. But I think he feels like he he wants to get in there and really prove that he's capable of being a pro right now and, and I don't I don't see any reason why he won't.
1: He's got some first and second round draft projections in the mock drafts, and he'll do well at the Combine. So it's a wait and see. Uh, Jacob Eason, when asked, you know, Jacob Eason, you got to admit, he's the best at not revealing much. And when we asked him, he just pretty much said, you know, hey, just focusing on the game ahead. Well,
2: that's why it was funny. I I had an interesting reaction when you said you caught Elijah Molden off I caught him off
1: guard, yeah. When you
2: asked the question. You are never going to catch Jacob Eason off guard when you ask him that question because he's been asked that question for years now. But the
1: thing of it is, you know, these guys are pretty well prepped in dealing with us, and instead of me asking him, you know, about his future, if he's decided to go to the NFL, I'm guessing he was ready for that. But the way I phrased the question, I asked him if he had put in for a draft evaluation, and he just kind of looked at me and kind of froze a little bit. You're talking about Molden. Molden and said, you know, he's just – wasn't comfortable in talking about that you know and if he had probably and his whole body language changed i really caught him off guard he said we needed to talk to coach pete and You know, afterwards, you know, I talked to him and said, hey, you know, it seems like I caught you off guard a little bit. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I wasn't prepared to answer that question. And I think it was the way I phrased it. Um, So um, he said that he did indeed put in, you know, for feedback or a draft evaluation. But that doesn't mean he's going. I mean, lots of people put in for the draft evaluation.
2: Right. He's going to have until I think the deadline is January 21st. Right. I remember right. So you're looking at essentially five weeks from today. Well, why wouldn't he put in? Why wouldn't he? Because he's well, no, even guys like Keith Taylor, Salah
1: Ahmed, he's only got one more year of eligibility. So why wouldn't he put it in? And I think Jackson
2: Kirkland would be another guy. I would think that would probably have done it.
1: So, you know, just I'm sure all of those guys did. But like I said, the decision, I think I caught him off guard with asking about the draft evaluation, whether his intent to go pro, you know, because like I said, you know, those guys are pretty well prepared. Also, I had a chance to talk to Nick Harris, you know, so um, (laughs) I asked Nick um, because there's some um, I asked him about the shirt that he wore. You know, the, um, oh, with the Apple Cup. Yeah, I asked him what he did with it. I said, because you know, if you want to donate that you to got a charity, framed. I said, get it framed. I said, dude, if you want to h- donate that to a charity, that's that would go for big bucks. I said, because it would be a shame if you just kind of threw that in the corner in the wash. He goes, oh, it's not in the corner in the wash. So it was interesting to talk to him as well as you know, had he given any thought with because he's roommates with Trey Adams, you know that right? Sure. Sure. And asking him if he'd given any thought to you know passing on the bowl game, and he was pretty adamant. Oh no. But he's a different – I think he's a totally different case than Trey. You know, Trey with – because he's hasn't been the same, and I think he still needs to get
2: healthy. Well, right. I think definitely with Nick, I think he's got an NFL future if he wants it. But, again, you know, you, you, you know we know how much he's beat himself up through this process physically. And I think that might be part of the reason why a lot of schools weren't looking his direction because he isn't – he's never been the biggest guy, right? And – you can just tell the way he's walking around and stuff that he's yeah. he's gotten beat up over this, and he's really he sacrificed his body a little bit to 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 get the education and to play with these guys and to have this experience, and I think he's really cherished it. But I'm wondering how much he really wants to put himself through it again as a pro because he, he can obviously make some money doing it. But I'm again, it's you have to be uncommon, and you, I mean you have to really sacrifice yourself to play at that level. I'm wondering if he wants to go through that again.
1: We uh back in my softball playing days, we used to have this guy, and God, he used to just get himself beat up. He'd dive for balls. He's always got a skinned knee, hurt his knee, had a bump on his forehead. He'd go out drinking all night. He'd show up, hung over. Then we asked him one night, was, you don't look well. And he goes, yeah, I'm beat to hell. So that was his new nickname. We always referred to that guy. His name was Greg, but his new, we always called him beat to hell, and that kind of seems like Nick Harris. You know, He's the perfect guy. That yeah, would be a great name, the, beat but, to hell.
2: But he's the warrior. He's the yeah. guy that all the guys want to be in the trench with, because they know they can count on him, and they know that he's going to give everything he's got, and physically, well, mentally, everything. And by the way, how long did Nick Harris hang out here? Talking oh, for as- a while, yeah. And it was I w- I was good, too, because I also got to talk to Junior Adams, talked to him for almost 10 minutes. He gave his thoughts about Coach Pete leaving and, and Coach Lake taking over, and what that's going to be like, and, and also, you know, his take on what Coach Lake's words meant in terms of being more aggressive on offense, and and, and, and kind of what he thinks the approach might be on it. I know that it's kind of spitballing a little bit, and obviously those guys are way too focused on game planning for this bowl. And, but in terms of going out and winning one for Coach Pete was certainly on the agenda. And then also just in general, you know, dealing with recruiting and, and this weekend and also being in Vegas – for signing day as opposed to being in their offices, which is obviously something it's he said they've really never weird. yeah, it's something he says he's never experienced. He goes, ask me after the bowl because I'm sure I'll have some stories for you. But signing day? Yeah. They have practice at 1045 in the morning. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. No, it's a fact. It's a fact. And but to be honest with you, I'm sure most of those guys are going to be saying, just get your letters in and done by then, we'll be fine. Just take care of it. Because if you are the, the built-for-life yeah. guys, the OKG guys that we think you are, you'll, you, we'll have it all wrapped up by 7.30, let alone 10.30. Would you guys hurry?
1: Up? It it's always seems every year I kick the table, by the way. It's every year there's one guy, one straggler. Oh,
2: well, there's always. Well, and some of them, to be honest with you, it's because they want to sign with the rest of their guys at their high school ceremony. So a lot of times is they'll already have been announced, and they just kind of hope that the rest of the high school people aren't so they think they're actually signing something legit when they're not oh. cuz the legit piece of paper already got through.
1: Well, I don't know if people realize this, but you've got coaches saying, "Get the damn thing in." And then you've got the school administrators saying, "No, hold off. Let's make the announcement at our deal." And you know, so they're going to have a signing ceremony or an announcement ceremony, but there's a lot of it's kind of funny the tug of wars that we see once in a while where school wants them to wait Coaches don't want them to wait, and we see those battles every year.
2: Oh, for sure, and and that's usually how it's done. They usually – the school wins out because that's their future – And then they'll sign some dummy piece of paper at their signing ceremony.
1: Yeah, no. So, anyways, so so,
2: do you want to you want to finish out the schedule to give people an idea of what the the bowl week's going to be like for these guys?
1: Yeah, just um, you know, we're recording this on Saturday afternoon. We'll get this up, and then um, tomorrow, lots of official visits, and Scott and I and Chris, all hands on deck tomorrow, just touching bases with guys, making sure everything's um, uh, set up and everything's ready to go for Wednesday. We'll probably have a podcast on on Monday, we'll probably do that. The uh, team leaves on Tuesday. They have practice that's open to the media, uh, 1045 on Wednesday. It looks as though they're going to have a press conference Wednesday afternoon around 2.30. Nothing live. That will be a teleconference. Scott Eklund, Chris Fetters, Brandon Huffman, live on Sports Radio 950 KJR Wednesday from 1 to 3. They'll be live on the air. I have a 6 o'clock flight out Wednesday morning to Vegas. I get in about 8.45. I will head over
2: to practice. Anything else we need to cover, Chris Fetters? No, I think it's just a, it was good to talk to these guys. It It is weird to think that we really haven't gotten a chance to talk to any of them since the decision was made by Chris Peterson to step down and Jimmy Lake taking over. So it's been a while. It's just been kind of hanging, you know, what are the players and coaches, what are their feelings? You know, what was their initial shock? Like, what was that? You know, and I think it was kind of universal. They were, they were taken aback clearly. And, um, but at the same time, I think they've had enough time now to kind of digest it and figure it out. And, and, uh, they seem to be all on board and, 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 not only appreciating the fact that, that it was a difficult decision for Coach Peterson to do that, but that they're fully on board with um, him making the choice that's best for him, obviously. And so they, I think they just had to be kind of educated on what the, what the decision was all about. And then obviously they're all on board with, with Coach Lake because the continuity is there and um, they can just kind of keep on trucking like nothing's ever happened. So uh, in that sense, it's been good. But uh, again, going to be a busy week starting Sunday, with, uh, with a lot of trip reports, I think there's, what, 13, 12, 13 guys that are in right now. Most of them are already committed guys, but there's a couple guys that aren't committed that we're going to be obviously trying to get a hold of to see how their visits went. And um, so that's going to be – it's going to be kind of classic old school dog man, all hands on deck Sunday um, doing trip reports because it, it doesn't feel like we've had to do that in a long time, especially with, you know, you can take an official visit now like in – may or june (laughs) so you haven't had to worry about uh just these last two weekends just being chock full of a ton of players you know that's that's typically how they've wanted to do it in the past but now the the players they have a little bit more control over kind of when and where they want to go uh have their official visits and when they want to announce so that's been a big change
1: busy day today and uh let's just say that the guys from dogman.com we're just getting warmed up we got a lot coming, so uh, keep it here. Again, if you're looking for those breaking news alerts as well as daily updates, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. If you're signed up and your friends aren't, just remind your friends, hey, check out dogman.com. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Krenlitz along with Chris Fetters. Go Ducks.